Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet with four first names, three middle names, and one last name. Count them up. Think about it. Noobs in the Whovian. My name is Austin. I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Corbin, Tripp, and Brayden. And we're the noobs. And this week we have a returning guest, Corbin and Tripp's little brother, and my youngest son, Brayden. Why, hello there. <laughs> and this is the podcast that's introducing a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And three sons who haven't. Except this week we aren't. Welcome to episode 49, a special timey-wimey edition of Noobs in the Whovian, covering Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. This is the one where Harry discovers his godfather is a black wolf, Ron discovers his pet rat is an old dude, and Hermione... Herm, Herm, Hermione... 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 What is it? Hermione... Hermione... The girl discovers that Professor Lupine is a werewolf. Harry returns for his third year of wizard training at Hogwarts, but something strange is happening. Dementors are there, searching for escaped prisoner of Azkaban, Sirius Black. Apparently, Black may be looking for Harry to finish what he started. Rumor is, he's responsible for the death of Harry's parents. Remus Lupin, the third defense, uh, defense against the dark arts professor in three years, nothing suspicious there, moving along, decides to teach Harry how to defend himself against dark arts. It's, uh, it says does what it says on the tin. Eventually, there's a showdown, and it's revealed that Lupin actually helped Sirius sneak into Hogwarts to get to his target. But twist, it's Ron he's after. Well, Ron's pet. Scabbers. Well, uh, P- Peter Pettigrew. Well, Peter, who's been living as a rat named Scabbers for 12 years. Nothing weird here. Move along. Harry saves Sirius via a wacky time-traveling adventure through the late evening. Rattigrew got away, but at least the truth is out there now. Oh, and Harry got a new broom to fly. The end. And by the way, I love Harry Potter. Like, we've already (laughs) seen all the movies, and now I'm going into the book. I'm only on the first book and, like, the 15th. That's good, though, because you're in. You're seven. Yeah. Harry Potter. (laughs) And the thing is, he's, like, he's pretty far. Like, I'm only on the second book, and he's reading through the first book. I think very fast. So, um, I, I meant to put this in the notes, but I don't think I did. So. Brayden just kind of kicked us off here. Um, we obviously, you know, we're, we're a bit of a geek background here. For crying out loud, we do mm. a Doctor Who podcast. Um, and we have talked at length on our on our show about um, <laughs> Corbett is just like <laughs> having a fit in the corner for some reason. <laughs> We've talked at length about uh, Star Wars and Star Trek and, you know, just other, other geeky things that we're involved in. Um, and we because of the nature of the show and the first segment that we're going to get into about the characters, um, there's been some conversation about uh, Harry Potter. And if memory serves, when we started the podcast, we were completely ignorant of Harry Potter, right? Yeah. Yes. So I would be like, oh, and this actor from this episode of Doctor Who played this guy in Harry Potter. Cool. Uh, we don't know what that means, but here you go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we we went to our um, the Timber Glen Library that we always talk about uh, for the DVDs that we get there and everything. Uh, they host every year a Harry Potter party. Um, is party party the right it's word? It's kind of like a convention. Mm-hmm. It yeah. almost is. It's kind of, yeah. Kids come there in their wizard robes. It was like stuff. a craft so I think it is thing. pretty much a yeah. convention. But so, it's kind of like... So you go in and, and they like, they had like, wands that they made and like you got yeah, to pick one and, and like pick every like single one of them was like, was different and like yeah. they the, 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 the wizard huh mm. 
the wand picks the wizard. That's right, yeah. And the, the librarians, like, made them by hand, and then... Yeah, like, and then they have, like, to... these broom props where you can, like, take pictures. Right, yeah, they had a photo booth. They have, like, the nine stuff. and thirteen, like, nine and three quarters, and you can, like, pretend like you're running through the... Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. It was, like, a brick wall, and it's a nine and three quarters. It was, like, a brick wall, and, like, I think it was, like, the wall that leads from Diagonally. Um, oh, did they have that too? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I think that, yeah. One, think one, that year, one year they, they had the station platform, oh, and then yeah. another year they had Diagon Alley. So, so at any rate, we, we went in because, like, I don't know, let's check it out. Yeah. Having read none of yeah, the stuff, cool. seen none of the movies. This looks cool. And Why the first year we went, and I mean, they, they had a Quidditch tournament. I mean, it was like, it was pretty fun. But it was with water balloons, or wasn't Yeah, but I mean, was, I'm sorry, were you expecting cool. it to be on flying brooms? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, the second I didn't year know we what went, Quidditch was at that point. Right, so. right. Yeah, so it was kind of interesting because we walked around and I like vaguely was under uh, uh, aware of Harry Potter. Like, oh, yeah. that's what that is. Wands. Yeah, magic. <laughs> right, right. But, um, you know, the, the boys, you guys were m- mostly clueless. And I think they had a drawing where you can get like the Harry Potter books and you can also get like, like yeah, little bobblehead stuff. Yeah, they had different prizes and they I won think, some prizes. And then the second one. year we went back, um, it was like, it was just the same, but even more. And but they my, didn't have can, the Quidditch the second. Year. No, they didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that the was a, that was a bust. Didn't really work. It didn't yeah. work. Um, it was a neat idea. It didn't work. And um, I, I want to tell you my favorite. Can I tell you my favorite part in both years? Mm-hmm. Out of out of all of the things we did, the two years, my favorite part was waiting in line the second year. We're standing there, and we're all Corbin knows where I'm going. We're all fairly clueless, right? And so yeah. we're just kind of taking everything in. <laughs> and we're waiting in line because you had to get sorted before you go in the door. Yeah, you like pick okay. a little thing. Yeah. Like straws, basically. Yeah, you literally pulled a straw out of the sorting hat. But I mean, it was, you know, what are you going to do? That was yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, and, not, like, and then they gave you, as a result of that... Head, I think you're Gryffindor. Yeah. I think you're Gryffindor. You're probably Gryffindor, too. You're all <laughs> Gryffindor. Okay, let's so <laughs> we, um, we are waiting in line and this kid who is in like full... Like Harry Potter robes, and and I, I don't think he had glasses on, but I mean he I, I don't think he was trying to be Harry Potter. He was just like, just like in guy. the Wizarding World, you know. Mm-hmm, yeah. And he turns and he looks at me and he goes, "What shape would your Patronus be?" And I went, hey, "To me." He didn't ask y'all. He asked me, and I was like, "I don't understand the words that just came out of your mouth." <laughs> I think you spoke English, I th- but I, I could be wrong. My Patronus. I was is like, rabbit. I know what a shape is. <laughs> 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 so I said, I said, hey, I'm, uh, you know, like, honestly, we've never read any of the books. We've never seen any of the movies. And you guys just kind of stared blankly at me. It's definitely a misleading the time, thing because by shape, he meant animal. But he said shape. Well, sure. So. But I and I I was vaguely aware of the word Patronus and then, oh, crap, what's I the other thing? What's, what's the thing? That. I always got him mixed up with a Horcrux mm-hmm. and I didn't really know what a Horcrux was. Just, you had to, mm-hmm. you had to destroy him Put to kill Voldemort or something. So, uh, so anyways, this kid looks at me and says, you know, what shape would your Patronus? And I was like, we haven't read any of the books. We haven't watched any of the movies. I don't know. I we don't know. point out there's major spoilers for the like the entire series in this so mm-hmm. yeah, hey by yeah. the way yeah. <laughs> hey by the way horcrux <laughs> okay alright so so let's all be aware of that now <laughs> let's, let's not let's not give away the part where it turns out Voldemort is Harry's father no I'm just kidding um, so no <laughs> it's not true <laughs> so at any rate the kid is undaunted he is completely undaunted and he's like 
mine's a leopard or some, I don't remember what he said, but he's like, mine would be a leopard. And then he looks at one of the two of you who I just said has never seen any of the movies or read any of the books and goes, what would yours be? And y'all are like looking at me like, what house are you? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) That was right. That's right. Yeah. So he goes, oh, okay. So they don't get Patronus. So what house are you? And I was like, dude, seriously. (laughs) So at any rate, at that one, Corbin in the drawing, Corbin won, what was it? Book three? Five? Two. two? Okay. Two. So he won a copy of book two, and so we're like, like oh. all right, well, so I have book two. I guess it's time one. to read it now. I have to have book one. Yeah, so we went next door. You know, so it was in, like, one the activity section of the library. So we went into the main library and got him book one and then said, well, if we're going to do that, let's do the movies. And so now I the think boys, we got the first and second movie, and then I think we actually watched yeah. The first movie, either like that Friday. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either, we watched it like right away. Either the first time or the second time, we got to like make a little um, golden snitch or something. Like it was a yellow ball, and we'll put on some feathers and uh-huh. like yeah. draw something on it. Yeah. I drew again. a face because I didn't know what it actually. Looked I drew like, like a dragon <laughs> thing on it or something. We didn't know what the snitch actually looked like, so, so we just they they're had, just like draw something. I'm like. They had like gold okay. ping pong balls. And they had like hot glued feathers to them. It was really cool. It right? looked cool. Yeah, it was like yellow feathers on a gold ping or a, on a yellow ping pong ball. That's what it was. So yeah. it was kind of gold-ish. And and yeah, Brayden like drew a smiley face on it because they're they're like here, make your make your uh, golden snitch. And Brayden's like, I don't know what that means, but this needs a face. <laughs> so yeah, I drew like a dragon, a but then they put the dragon head on backward, like upside down. <laughs> so I was like, dang it. <laughs> yeah. So at any rate. Um, that was our. That was kind of our introduction to. Oh, and also to Harry they had Potter. like potions too. That that was my yeah, favorite. We got to part. make our yeah. own. That or the Quidditch thing. The Quidditch thing was really fun. Yeah, it was. It was fun. It just wasn't. It was done at the wrong time. It, it was done all the way at the end when most of the people had left. So we also um, did some like bead thing where we'll put some beads on something, make something. I did a. Oh yeah, the perler beads. I yeah. also yeah. did a smiley face. Right, right. I did like an I emoji a, something. So once I again, did a Gryffindor um, once something. again, lots of props to the to the Timberglen Library, not mm. only for uh, all of the wonderful DVDs uh, that has allowed us to catch back up on the MCU, but also um, ten for, points to the Timberglen Library. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> um, they. I mean, they introduced our family to Harry Potter. You know, so which we now yeah. love. So that's our introduction to it. Um, I would I would say, well, I, let me let me hold off on that. We'll we'll come around to sort of what do we think about the Harry Potter series without talking about spoilers. Hopefully, um, we'll we'll kind of circle back around to that. But um, let's start off with our our normal stuff. So in the character section, we often talk about okay, this person from this episode of Doctor Who was the main guest star, and you might know them from this. What I decided to do here because we're at various points. We were watching one particular Harry Potter movie, and we're at a certain point in Doctor Who. So what I decided was to highlight the various actors who were in this Harry Potter movie, mm-hmm. who have appeared or will appear in Doctor Who in our future, or actors who have appeared in any of the Harry Potter movies that we've already come across in the universe. Okay, mm-hmm. so like if we've already seen them in Doctor Who, uh, seasons seasons one through half of four. If we've already seen them and they're in Doctor Who, I'm going to point them out. And if they were in this movie and appear in the in the Hooniverse anywhere, we're going to highlight those. So first of all, the big one, guys. Um, this is so funny because I am I am sort of um, I'm on my own rewatch of Doctor Who right now. I'm in like season I don't know seven or eight, and 
Um, Mark Williams, Brian... Uh, oh, that's funny. His, his character's name is Brian Williams. The actor's name is Mark Williams. Pops up on the screen as Rory's dad. And I went, oh my gosh, it's Arthur Weasley. So Ron's dad, that actor, um, plays the, the dad of future companion Rory. So he's going to pop up on screen one day in a, I don't know, about a two years, <laughs> about a year from now. A long time. Um, yeah, so Harry Potter. Two or three seasons from now, and y'all are going to go, hey, it's that guy. I mean, it's like, and it's just like blatantly him. He doesn't look any different than, uh, than he did in the Harry Potter movies. Um, oh, this one was great. Um, David Bradley. Um, I think I mentioned him before. Um, I think we've heard him. Yeah. So um, he's, he's Argus Filch, and he is... Um, I mentioned him one time before because he plays William Hartnell, who was the actor that played the first Doctor in the uh, TV movie thing called An Adventure in Space and Time. This is the movie where it was a movie that was made about the beginning of Doctor Who and how it all came to be. And so they had to have a guy play William Hartnell the first doctor, and that was played by this guy, David Bradley. Um, what I didn't realize, and I just bumped into him again and sort of recognized him, but didn't. Um, he plays a character named Solomon on the Doctor Who episode, Dinosaurs on a Spaceship, um, which you guys are going to love. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was curious how many of the other Whovians picked that up because he looks a lot different in that, in that role than he does as William Hartnell slash the first doctor. Oh, so he, yeah, yeah. He not only plays William Hartnell, he also plays the first doctor in mm-hmm. like a, a much later episode. Um, Warwick Davis. Warwick Davis is, um, he is been in a lot of things and, um, he plays actually three different characters throughout the series. He plays, um, one of the goblin, uh, bank tellers, uh, mm-hmm. in the first movie. He plays grip hook in deathly hallows, oh, but he's also probably that, um, that angry old house elf. Yeah. That's, Constantly that, moping or whatever. Uh, yeah, with the no, dangly ears. No, I don't think so, because that's CGI, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Probably. I could be wrong. I, I could be wrong. I don't. I, I honestly I don't remember CGI. who Grip Hook is. However, um, the, the main thing you might know him from is he's he's Professor Phileas Flitwick. Um, he's mm-hmm. the guy that was conducting the choir yes. at the beginning of this at the beginning the of this midget. movie. Um, so, yeah, little, the little person. Little, little people. Person. Um, so, little yeah. People. And so he's been in, he's been in Willow. Um, he's been, uh, he was an Ewok. Uh, I mean, he's just been in all kinds of, uh, of geeky all stuff. Um, he also plays a character named Porridge <laughs> in an episode of Doctor Who called Nightmare in Silver. Um, Ooh, oh, oh my gosh. Dumbledore. 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 He, uh, this, okay, now let's, let's clarify this Dumbledore. Uh, played by Michael Gambone or Gambon, I don't know, Gambone. Um, he is uh, in an episode coming up, uh, Doctor Who, A Christmas Carol, um, and plays Kazran Sardik. Um, this is a fantastic episode. He's a fantastic character, and I did not recognize that it's the same guy because cool. he doesn't have like the long beard and you know yeah, and the yeah. robes and everything. He's just a dude. He's got no facial hair in, the, <laughs> in that episode. So I did not. And as soon as I read that, I went, oh. That's why he sounded so familiar when I was uh-huh. watching because I watched that episode not too long ago. I thought, oh, that's where I knew him from. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's see. And then, um, oh, this one was fun. Do y'all remember Moaning, uh, not Moaning Myrtle. Do y'all remember Ursula Blake yeah. from um, Love and Monsters? She's the one who got turned into a piece of concrete. Yes. <laughs> she was part of Linda. Yeah. The, yeah. The, yeah. The, uh, yeah. Um, so, that is Moaning Myrtle. 
Siri? I feel like we think, That's Moaning Myrtle. I feel Shirley like we Anderson. remembered that midway through the episode, just trying to figure out who she we was. We did. We had did. we seen Harry Potter by then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. See, I can't. I can't remember when we saw it. Um, so it, when I saw that, funny. I went, "Oh my gosh! Of course that's her." <laughs> but I didn't. I don't remember us <clears throat> talking about that. I remember us realizing that. Okay. Like, yeah. wait, I know that voice from somewhere. Gotcha. And then you looked <clears throat> it up, and it was Moaning Myrtle. <clears throat> um, then, of course, we have uh, the uh, both of of the Barty Crouches. Um, Barty Crouch Senior, played by Roger Lloyd Park, um, also plays um, uh, John Lumick in The Rise of the Cybermen and The Age of Steel. I don't know if you guys remember him. Um, he um, he was the guy, he's like, he was the guy that started Cybus Industries yeah, and created that. the Cybermen. He, he was the, the head oh, cyber. He became yeah. the, yeah, the cyber controller, yeah. Um, so that's Barty Crouch Sr. And then, of course, we've as we've talked about, Barty Crouch Jr. is the man David Tennant himself. Um, he did some one, amazing Tennant teeth in that movie. As Barty Crouch Jr.? Mm -hmm. Oh, did he really? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, you guys may remember him. Um, He's done a couple of episodes of uh, Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, Nothing nothing really to write home about, though. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing better. He's also in a a show that's getting ready to come out on, um, I think, Netflix or Amazon Prime, one of them, um, where he's playing. It's an angel and a demon, Mm -hmm. and he's the demon. But it's like... It's not like, it, from what I've Devils seen, it's not like it's not like scary demon. He's just like, you know, he wears all black and wears sunglasses uh, all the time. Like good so place like, demon. Like good cop, Yeah, kind of like bad boy demon, not like good cop, evil incarnate bad. demon. You know, that like good of, so. cop, bad cop. I guess, like, I, don't, I honestly, I don't even know. The, the premise of the show is something about an angel and a demon coming together to, to prevent the apocalypse. And I'm like, I, none of <laughs> Wait, that makes what? sense. What? I don't, I don't. The I, demon I, wants to start the apocalypse, right? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I, I really, I, I've seen very few reviews. I mean, I've seen very few um, trailers for it or anything, but I've heard a lot of people being excited about it. It's called Good Omens, and I, I have no idea, by the way, if this is appropriate for children or not. I probably, mm-hmm. probably not because it's a Netflix original, and all of those are like, let's see how much we can get away with. Um, so, or, or rather, we can get away with everything because <laughs> we're not on TV. Hey. So. All right, guys, this, uh, this Timey Wimey episode of Noobs in the Whovian is brought to you by R Space Community. We've talked to you about R5 website management. We also do another thing called R Space Community. It's a co-working community that seeks to strengthen small businesses. If you're a blogger, a freelancer, a work-at-home mom, or a work-at-home dad, then you need R Space's virtual mailbox. If you have an email newsletter, did you know that you're actually required to put a valid mailing address in all of your correspondence? You actually have to do that. Uh, but you don't want to tell all of your readers your home street address and just announce to the world, this is where I live. Uh, this is where you can find me when I'm, you know, uh, find all of my stuff when I'm out and about. Uh, instead, use your virtual uh, your virtual mailbox address. For just $11.99 a month, you get a real-world street address for your small business. Your mail comes to us. We send you a photo of the outside of every envelope, and then you decide what we forward on to you and what just goes into the shredder. Uh, you get all of that service for $11.99 a month, but go to rspacecommunity.com slash noobs to get half off of your first month. So that's just $5.99 for your first month. And that is rspacecommunity, R-S-P-A-C-E, community.com slash noobs to get your first month half off. All right, so what? let's talk about some random stuff we noticed. Corbin, start off. Um, The Room of Doom. <laughs> 
This is so <coughs> random. We it's during the scene where Harry Potter is trying to find Peter Pettigrew, and he's standing in the hallway, and next to him on the map is just a room labeled the Room of <laughs> Doom. Right. So this is where we're we're um, first exploring the idea of uh, what is it called the Marauders map, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The room of doom. <laughs> so <clears throat> Corbin goes, wait a minute, back that up. And so it was the, the room of doom. And then across the hallway, too high to see what it said, was the something of mischief. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Was that like the uh, the hall of mischief and the room of doom across the way? I don't know. Mm. Um, can I just say, um, I hate everything about Draco Malfoy. Yeah, he's not a well-developed character, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, Even okay. Even in the books, okay. he has no purpose to be evil to Harry. None whatsoever. So, Except, well, he just was like, oh, no, I don't need your help. Just, like, that's the only real reason I Well, no, he, I, I disagree with you there. He, he has a reason to hate um, Harry because he's a racist, right? He's yeah. like, you know, well, no, okay, that's why he no, hates Hermione. Both- Cause yeah, because of the, cause of the mud Harry blood thing. Is but didn't half blood, I think, or something like is that. Is he? No, I thought both of his parents were. Both of his parents were wizards, but his mom was mud blood. Oh, I she guess. was mud blood. Witch okay. and wizard. So Which mud blood is like so the closest thing to a curse word he's you have. Three quarters. Blood. So, um, didn't his dad and Harry's dad like have a, a thing? Like, the, didn't they hate each other in school? That was Snape and his dad. Yeah, that was. I Snape. thought it was both. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, there's, all right. It's like no reason except the for the fact that my you defeated my dad's boss, aka Voldemort. How <laughs> dare you? Yeah, but before any of that happens, I mean, even in the first couple of movies, he hates him. Like right from the outset, right? Uh, yeah. Well, Harry Potter had already defeated Voldemort. Oh, I see, still, you, uh, I see. There's not. I see what you're saying. There's not reason to hate. So here's him. <clears throat> here's the thing. Nothing much happens with him. Ever. Exactly. That's the problem. There there He's are characters that you're supposed to hate. Yes. Right? There's characters that are they're supposed to be the bad guy, like, and and you're supposed to oh hate. Oh my goodness, this guy's supposed to be annoying. But you're supposed to love hating them. Yeah. You know, like those characters that are like, oh man, they're just, they're so bad. I just want to punch you in the face. Yeah. But it's like, you get why they're, why they're bad. And like, and like Corbin saying, they have some kind of motivation and maybe there's even some development or something. And at least they like do something. This guy is just a sniveling, <laughs> whiny. <coughs> and this, this he's, movie in particular pointed it out to me. He's seriously a whining, crying jerk. He's the guy that I don't understand why he has any power. And I don't mean magic power. I mean, why does he have his two goons following him around all the time when, in this movie, a, a you know... Little girl. Uh, yes, a girl who, you know, he's just... He kind of looks down on, on her because, one, she's a half-blood and... Um, and mudblood. Or a mudblood. is even worse. <clears throat> right. And two, she's a girl. And in his mind, that's, you know, that's two strikes. She comes up and simply points her wand at him, like, backs him up into that into like, that. by this point, rocks. they don't even know any hardly threatening spells. She knows every except, spell, yeah, so. Except, like, but, but what is his reaction? <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't sit there and, like, just, just grit his teeth and be like, you want to go? You're going to get your comeuppance, you know, like, if you just put that wand down, I'll take you down right now. He's just sniveling and whining He's and like, scared. Oh and, my gosh, I got scratched by a giant right. monster. I'm going to kill that when she, monster. When she punches him in the face, 
So so she punches him in the face in front of the two goons, and, he and then runs. he runs away like you know like Scooby Doo style, a, he's and then starts by laughing. Some invisible force. He's like knocking his goons over to get out of the way. Yeah, and then and then the next time we see him, the two goons are still there and respecting him. For like, you just got socked in the, the face book, by a little girl. Yeah. From the first book, he has these goons. Yeah. All the way up until the last one where his family has to go into hiding for a little yeah. bit. Like, it's just, it's, I don't... <sighs> goons are so I hate everything people. about Draco, and, and I mean that in the sense of I don't even like to hate him. I hate hating him. I hate that I have to think about him. <laughs> yeah. Okay? I hate so let's not think about him anymore. In this movie, like, in a lot of movies, there's only one bad guy. But in this one, there's multiple Oh yeah! Basically everybody that isn't Harry Potter, which, is, which has led to <laughs> theories the about ups. like his parents. It's led to oh, theories right about the fact that he's like none of this is real. He's like oh, I, an yeah, insane yeah. asylum or something because right. everybody is so, so evil to him. Brayden, what were you saying though? Like, I just think it's weird that in this one movie there's a ton, but in like the rest. There's only one. Yeah. So, so who are the who are the bad guys or sort of bad guys in this movie? So we've got Draco. We talked about him. You got Draco. Yeah. Who else? The complete bad guy, like the main bad guy in this one, is Voldemort. I say he doesn't. I say the Death Eaters and like like the Dementors are. You got the Dementors. Yeah. I say. For Harry, yeah. I say Draco, right. the Dementors, kind of Lupin, but he was kind of on. Well, Not like really. for a for a while, serious, and then yeah, serious. all of a sudden, twist Lupin, but then double twist neither of those two, but then um, Snape, yes, yeah, is kind of always there as a bad guy. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, yeah. It's, I want to talk about the most believable theory, but it's got such a major spoiler in it. So, all right, well, let's leave that out then. Um, or, well, there is a theory section later on in the notes. There wasn't anything there, so if you want to talk about that, we can give a spoiler warning or something like that, and mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, all right, so, oh, Corbin, you got you got the next point. You got another something in your stuck in your craw that's really bothering. Okay, you. so in the Quidditch match, the way Quidditch works. The only way to win the game is for the seeker of one team to catch the... What was it? The snitch. Snitch, yes. Golden snitch. So... That's not the only way to win. No, that's yeah, the way that you is, win. That's what ends the game and that's, you get an extra well, 150 points. That's the way That's one way, but I thought the there was also... Games have lasted for months at a time. Oh, okay. I misunderstood. I thought that, I thought that you were scoring points all along, mm-hmm. but then if you get the... The snitch, like, that's... The snitch ends over. the game, and it's an extra 150 points. Oh, Normally, okay. if Anyways, you catch the snitch... All right, so moving along. Then. So you got to catch the snitch, and... So, the f- we see both of them riding up into the clouds. First of all, why are they playing on such a stormy day when we explicitly see the first Seeker get struck by lightning <laughs> and fall snitch. to the ground? Then we see the next one get attacked by Dementors in midair and fall off of his broom hundreds of feet in the air. And no, they don't stop the game for either of these things. And more importantly, both Seekers have been disabled, and yet somehow Hufflepuff wins. 
Like, to make maybe it doesn't absolutely it no doesn't sense. say it in the thing, but maybe Hufflepuff like scored more points. It's exactly what I so was going to say. So they won. Maybe they had the highest score, and because so they both ended seekers the game got, right yeah, then. I mean, I guess, but even still, yeah. you'd think they would stop the game after you've incapacitated both of the seekers. They but you have to wait a while to rematch though. They should have stopped the game. Once the Hufflepuff Seeker went down, I know. No, it, no I wouldn't think, because like. But then it's a one-sided battle same. because Harry Potter would be the only person that could end the game. Yeah, you couldn't win. You could, that, but you no, have that, to be that ahead team. by no, Hufflepuff could. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, you have to be at least ahead by 151. <clears throat> this kind of reminds me of that that weird VBS that y'all went to last year. Where there was like the the sports games that they were making up rules as they went and wait what were they? Uh, we took y'all to a VBS and the theme was sports of some kind and like the video throughout the week they were doing this game where the rules oh, yeah. they had these crazy rules oh yeah I remember and yeah and like at the last yeah. minute there was some obscure rule that saved the day it was like if you can catch a hawk and you say a word if you catch a hawk and say a word then you I have to then imagine, the points switch yeah I have to imagine that Quidditch was the inspiration for that game because the rules are just so bananas <laughs> anyways um, I, I wanted to um, we're, we're still kind of talking about random stuff we noticed I thought the plot twist in this movie was exceptionally I know. well done in the, mm-hmm. there was five minutes of one after the other after the other and none of them were expected right and and in that in that big reveal scene where so you finally have you, you have Lupin and Sirius in the room and Everything they're saying, when you watch it the first time, everything they're saying is, so let's kill Harry be. Potter. We're the bad guys. Everything they're saying is that. And then, mm-hmm. big twist, and you realize, Scabbers. no, they were talking about Peter the whole time. Yeah, it's <laughs> so vague with it. <clears throat> right, but they did it perfectly. Because what when you watch it, this was our second time watching it. And so we knew that we knew the twist. And so I'm listening to the dialogue in light of that. And they never said, kill Harry. They said, come on, let's get it over with. Let's kill him. 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 Him, him. Peter, not him, Harry. And the last um, thing you expect is the mouse. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Like I said in my Which recap, you know, so it turns out they weren't after Harry. Right? They were after Ron. Well, Ron's pet Scabbers. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> Scabbers like, is actually a dude. <laughs> we, you know? you, it's been specifically set up to make us feel like Sirius is the bad guy. Right. The incredible f- trickery of Peter Pettigrew killing himself and a ton of other people he and framing Sirius for it. Right. Um, killing. I, I love I love the fact that um, you can, um, as an animagus, you can uh, reduce your body mass down to the size of a mouse and stay that way for 12 years, but you can't produce uh, an extra finger, an extra uh-huh. toe, because your real body is missing a finger. Mm-hmm. I thought that was hilarious. They're like, see, he's missing a toe. <laughs> I was like, what? Okay, uh, why did So he also didn't have whiskers. So, like, <laughs> he grew whiskers, but he couldn't grow a toe? Okay. Fine. And wait, but the thing is, they said a pinky finger, right? Didn't they say that? Yes, it was so very But his specific. ring was like, finger was the one that was did missing. Did they say pinky? They yeah. said pinky finger. It was pinky. Nothing left but pinky finger, and his ring finger I was the it, one I thought that they was said missing. a piece of finger. No, he said all that was left is his pinky finger. And oh, okay. his ring finger was, was the one that finger. was cut off. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Um, oh, so uh, speaking speaking of old scabbers there, uh, what's the deal with his clothes? Like, 
He's a rat. He can grow his, into grows his back. clothes. That's right. Clothes. But once when he, he grows down, down the clothes come off. The clothes off. just stay there. I mean, so that he, was, like, it looked cool. generates clothes or something? <laughs> <laughs> he generated whiskers and fur. I guess he can generate clothing. It so. didn't look cool. It just looked strange to see this little mouse head start forming inside of the clothes. Yeah. I thought, it was, I thought it was something where it was like, hey, this would be a cool effect, but nobody... But that didn't... Nobody, Continuity didn't step in it and say, hey, guys. It didn't happen with um, uh, Sirius Black, though, when he changed from Wolf and back and forth. So. Well. Continuity does not exist. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> uh, here's a section called Magic McWizard Face. Uh, <laughs> Just like Irish McStereotype. Irish McStereotype uh, or Bodie McBoatface. Uh, <laughs> Rowling loves um, using Greek and Latin puns for character names. We've talked about on this podcast before about the the whole Remus Lupin thing. Didn't we? We went all the way into Remus. Yes. So for those of you who, who didn't hear or don't remember, uh, so Remus Lupin is revealed to be a werewolf. Okay. Whoa. So anybody who knows Latin uh, should have seen that coming because yeah. Lupin or Lupine is Latin for wolf. I didn't know till after, but I knew what Lupin was, so. Yeah, well, and, and again, I say anybody should have known. I didn't. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, she, she gives it away in a sense. So Lupin means wolf. Remus, Romulus and Remus were the twins who founded uh, the, the myth, you know, the, 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 oh gosh, I don't know if mythological is the right term. It's not necessarily historical, but the 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 myth of the founding of Rome is that Romulus and Remus, these two brothers, um, I think they were twins. Um, yeah. They were they were huh? I think they were. Yeah, they were the founders of Rome, and um, they were raised by wolves. The she wolf. They were raised by a she wolf, and then later on um, grew grew to fame by founding the the great city of Rome. So you have Remus Lupin, named for. A guy raised by a wolf, and then his last name is Wolf. So it's like his name is Wolfie McWolfface. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have Sirius Black. Corbin, do you know the connection here? Mm, the no. the last name's easy. Black. What does he turn into? A black, a black wolf. wolf. A black a wolf. wolf. Okay. Do you know what Sirius is? Do either of y'all know what Sirius is? Isn't it no. a specific wolf or something? No. Um, all right. So if. Uh, <laughs> If you guys have ever heard of Sirius Radio, Sirius XM Radio, it's satellite radio. Their logo is a little dog. Sirius oh, is... Oh, that's in our car. I saw that. <laughs> I was so confused the first time I saw that. I was like, it's a dog and it says Sirius. <laughs> that makes sense now. Which car? It's our in the van? Car. Yeah, van. it's in the van. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's like it's a dog and it says Sirius. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The reason for that is Sirius. So it's satellite radio. So it's the idea of like stars and everything. Sirius is a binary star, often oh, yeah. called the dog star. Oh yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. So this guy's name is Dog Black. <laughs> dog Star Black. And what does he turn into, Brayden? A werewolf. A black dog. Basically. That was his black choice, wolf. though. As an animagus. So. Right. No, no, no. But I'm saying, you know, like, we've been seeing all throughout the movie, we've been seeing a mysterious black wolf. And then we meet a name, uh, meet a man named Wolf Blackman. <laughs> you know, like, Wolf so, Black. Yeah. Wolfie Blackman. Um, Argus Filch. Uh, this one, I, I, so I actually was looking it up because I knew there were some others out there. And I discovered something that I didn't know about. 
Argus Panoptes, I knew this character, I didn't know his name. Argus Panoptes was a giant in Greek mythology whose body was covered in eyes. And his job was to guard, um, there was a goddess who had something she wanted guarded, and so she created this giant whose whole body was covered in eyes, hundreds of eyes. So you couldn't, you know, you could never get past him because he was always watching. Mm -hmm. And then Argus Filch, who's he? What's he doing? He's the guy... I think he's like always like the taking secret sort of. passageways to like get around There's the that, yeah. to get to. Yeah. But I mean, what's his main thing that he's doing? Catching students wandering through yeah. the halls, yeah. right? You're never going to get past Argus Filch's... detention master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says he misses the old days where he could hang students from the... <laughs> from, from their, their legs. Right. Like, with um, their arms up in chains. Okay, so I, I'm sure I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, but Sybil Trelawney... Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Um, I, um, I I didn't even remember who this was because I was thinking Sybil. She's the uh, she's the uh, divination professor, <laughs> the lady with the crazy hair and the big glasses oh, and everything that, that like sees the that sees the future. Totally. Okay. Sybil were uh, the Sybils were Greek prophetesses in Greek mythology. They were prophets that would oh, cool. foretell the future. So she's literally named Sybil. Um, Minerva McGonagall. Uh, Minerva was the Roman goddess of wisdom and battle strategy, mm-hmm. and who leads the you know the battle you know the 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 always the wanted to use that. That's right, yeah, Hogwarts. on the siege on the towers or whatever, or uh, on Hogwarts. Um, Fenrir Greyback, okay, um, he is Greyback is obvious. Uh, yeah, he was another werewolf from the series. Right, but Fenrir. Now here's a, here's an interesting connection. Fenrir was a a giant wolf in North in North. Norse, Norse mythology. Yeah, I this think is the wolf from Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the giant wolf. That's. I actually Fenrir. googled this because I had a sneaking suspicion. Oh, did you? Fenrir okay. Yeah. Was another wolf. Yep. On. That's that same one. So this is Hela's wolf in Thor Ragnarok is named Fenrir. So Fenrir Greyback, who's another werewolf guy. There you go. Um, Narcissa Malfoy. That's uh, Draco's mom. Narcissa mm-hmm. is just a female version of. Narcissus, um, he was a character in Greek mythology who, um, <laughs> who was so in love with himself he that literally died staring at himself. He spotted his own reflection in a pool of water, and stared at it, and was just so in love with his own reflection that he stayed there and stared at himself until he died. Mm-hmm. Wow! <laughs> and so the phrase narcissist comes from that. So this mm-hmm. is somebody who's so absorbed with themselves that they, you know, that, that's all they think about and talk about and they only want to ever promote, promote themselves. That's a narcissist. I so. do like that Draco Malfoy ended up in Slytherin, a.k.a. the oh, snake house, basically. Yeah, yeah. The guy's name is Dragon and he ended mm-hmm. up a lizard. Interesting. <laughs> um, honorable mention for Peter Pettigrew becoming a pet rat. That was not a Latin pun, but... I think you're reading into that too much, but yes. Oh, come on. His name is Pet or Pet Igru. His pet in both of his names. True. Come on. Okay. Got to give me that one. All right. Can we talk about Hogwarts? <laughs> oh yes. Uh, yes. Everyone hates this Hogwarts. Story. Is the most okay. L- let me just say this. Let me just say this. Hogwarts is the worst. School. It is the most irresponsible school. I would never ever. Go. Brayden, would you never. feel safe at Hogwarts? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, if you know the right what? magic spells, but yeah. if you come in as a first year, hey, by the way, there's this tree outside that can kill you. <laughs> um, there's a snake in this chamber down. It's been 
It, it's it been will locked for literally years. kill you if you stare at it. So don't okay. do that. All right, but how about this? How about this? Opening day of year three for Harry and his friends. Opening day. Everybody gathered together. We're having our opening feast, and they just sang a song. And, and uh, uh, Dumbledore basically the way, says, "There are happiness suckers on the loose." Uh, yeah, there are, there are murderous demon hunters surrounding the school, and if you get in their way, they'll kill you as soon as look at you. And supposedly, he, these things are the most vile things in. It's the worst the possible death. It's Their breeding is like, what causes depression. It's like having it, it'd be like hiring, um, like, like terrorist mercenaries to be your school's um, security team. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, I guess like it's okay because they're on our side. Except that every now and then one of them will snap and just kill a bunch of people. Like, what the heck? You can't even blame Dumbledore for this. He did his best to argue. He this. did, but then... It but is the Ministry of Magic. However, he preemptively victim blames by saying, don't give them a reason to suck out your soul. <laughs> I mean, like, he says... I would never don't leave my they, dormitory. Right? They can turn the you... I'm, I'm not going to class all this the year. Windows, they can turn you into soulless, empty shells of right. bodies. And he's like... You know, not only does he say, like, stay out of their way, but then he's like, by the way, don't give them a reason to suck out your soul. Which means what? If somebody ends up with a soul sucked out of them, or happiness, or whatever it is... It's your fault. That's right. That's what? right. What? He I must wanna, have given them a reason. I want to talk about the Goblet of Fire, but I don't want to spoil... Nah, 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 that's not what we're talking nah. about. Just, that one was awful. Um, we also had the Quidditch match that Corbin mentioned. Um, you know, multiple uh, lightning, lightning strikes, strikes on students, and they're Plus like, Dementors swoop in from out of nowhere. Yeah, and they're like, Knock eh, let's play play another couple of rounds. Meh. Let's just keep it going. Just Do you have rounds in Quidditch? I don't know. We'll finish the game. No. Yeah. You don't um, I, I, I paused the movie and pointed out at one point that uh, Professor Lupin says uh, that he doesn't want Harry wandering around the halls while there's a murderer on the loose, then sends him to wander the halls back to his room while there's a murderer on the loose. He's like, you shouldn't be out. It's, it's and late. And without the map to get back to its thing. <laughs> I know. He's like, hey, you shouldn't be out wandering around. Now, go back to your bed. <laughs> Good luck finding your I'm, way there. I'm going to stay I know here. you know the castle, but don't use your wand for light because people might see you. That's right. That's right. Um, I made a note while we were watching the movie. Every teacher basically hates children. Definitely. definitely. I mean, like I said, every in all caps, and then I I thought that's a strong word. I mean, in the end, Lupin was was a was a good guy looking out. I mean, maybe Dumbledore like end up being okay. How about how about we say every teacher is bad for students because while Hagrid loves the kids genuinely and is always trying to do what's best, he's an idiot. Um, yeah. And, like, puts them in danger he on the He basically goes into depression Even state Dumbledore. in the books after he has, like, Draco is attacked by Grey... What is his name? Beak? Beakface? Beak Buck. What's it? Buckbeak. 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 We know our Harry Potter. <laughs> Buckbeak. Let's, let's go... Beak <laughs> Beakface. <laughs> Bucktooth. What's his name? I don't know. Um, and also, if and by the way, okay, just to just to wrap up how and, to, and well to wrap up my thoughts on how incredibly horrible Hogwarts is. If a child came to me every year for seven years and said that person isn't who you think they are, and I think they're trying to kill me, and was right every flipping time, I would start listening to that child. Well, <laughs> more like two thirds of the time, but even still, two thirds of the what? But even who was, was he wrong about? He was wrong the first year. He thought Snape was out to get him, which he is. He but was. It turned out to be Quirrell that had was. Voldemort on the back of yeah, his head. Yeah, but still, but, yeah. 
But it, like he's never he's he's never completely truly, wrong. Truly wrong. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, like Snape was legit is was legitimately out to get and 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 and, and, and I'm aware I'm aware they're Snape apologists and I, I don't get it. I don't get the argument. I am not the reason deep Snape into it. hates Harry is because Harry is his loves son or whatever. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. But it, but my it's point stupid. is my point is like he's always been right. Like every time he says you don't understand, there's this danger. They're always like you should be in bed. And I'm like if a if a kid came to me and said. Uh, you know, and I was like, why are you out of your dorm at midnight? And they're like, because we heard there's a bomb. I'd be like, oh, well, do you have details on where the bomb is? I wouldn't be like, the gall, you know, get back to bed. It's quarter after 12 in the evening. You know, like that's, that's the only response he ever gets. I mean, like McGonagall does it to him. Snape does it. Of course Snape does it to him. I heard whispers in the wall yeah, right. right before I saw blood I mean, like, on the wall with a cat. Every, <laughs> like, yeah. possibly the cat's every, blood. Every single time. And every then he gets blamed story. for the cat thing because he was what? in the area. <laughs> just because every, just everyone so is out to, to get walking. Harry Potter and it right. drives me right. up the wall. And so, all right, so so let me, let me uh, if you guys don't have any other particulars you want to point out, I, I'll, I'll land the plane on the Hogwarts conversation by saying... I hate stories that make parents seem, or excuse me, adults seem dumb Ignorant. or evil or Art. neglectful. Mm-hmm. And one this of the things that I... This story does all of those. Huh? This story does all of those. Oh, yeah. You know, and um, I, I... It bothers me because, like, in the middle of the movie, in the middle of the movie, me, a, a 37-year-old father of three, said, Adults suck! You know, like that's, I said that out loud during the movie because that's what this movie says is that adults are stupid, ignorant, and evil and probably have to get you or some combination thereof. Yeah. And I'm like, even the pe- even like, even Dumbledore, granted, they, he, they redeem him a little bit in this one because he's the one who tells them, hey, you know, three turns ought to be enough. Which, you by should, the way, that came out of nowhere. You should wait for the later books. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but Dumbledore, that, that bit came out of nowhere, by the way, um, that all of a sudden he's fully aware of everything she's doing. We never got an explanation for that. However, um, it's because even, he just saw them. Oh, wait. No. Actually, he No, he helped. didn't. He just, he, huh? He, he helped her with the classes. He gave yeah, he her gave the time her. turner. Did we something. see that in the movie? No. Oh, that's my point. Nobody that's my point. said it. But, it. but again, again, um, that was fine, but even then, what was what was the redeeming? Th- We're saying this is the redeeming thing Dumbledore did. This is the redeeming thing that an adult did in this movie. And what hey, did he do? Maybe you should use that time turner of yours. Yes. Break break the rules. Maybe of time traveling. maybe you maybe should you. use that and go back and do some things. And then when they show back up, he's like, "What are you talking about? I don't even know, kid. Oh. Good night, wink." Like, what if they'd have died? He'd have just been like, "Well." What me? <laughs> like, I'm still alive, and nobody can pin it on me. Yeah, I mean, like the basically. the most redeeming thing that he did was. Oh, was kind I of really want to. Mm. Nope, don't do it. Um, mm. So at any rate, I can't. He gets stand, so much worse. That's what I'm going to say. This is this is my gripe. Okay, this is my gripe as a as a as a person who worked with children and teenagers and middle schoolers and high schoolers for ten years. This is my gripe about YA young adult fiction, is that it too often glorifies. Um, children and vilifies or makes stupid anyone over the age of, I don't know, 15. 
Like even mm-hmm. older kids are considered the enemy Just in a lot of this stuff. And that's one thing that I don't like. I, I, I don't like saying, um, kids, you got to figure it out on your own because there's no one here that can help you or wants to help you or will help you. And in fact, probably several of them are trying to murder you. In both young child. the Maze Runner series and the Eye of Mine series, there is almost a complete lack of adults. Right. And when they are right. there, in one series, they're fake. And in the other series, they're, they're literally trying to put you through experiments to kill you. Right, right. So, again, um, I, I remind um, all three of my children on a regular basis that um, your friends are all idiots <laughs> and you should not listen to anything they say. Um, and, and of course, I say that with slightly tongue-in-cheek, but also at the same time, like, no, seriously. Um, <laughs> When you come home and you're like, no, this is totally what happened because my friend said. I'm like, no, remember, your friend is an idiot. Your friend is your age and you're stupid and you should know this. No. <laughs> so, again, I, I'm very pro-children. I'm not, you know, seen and heard, seen and not heard or something like that. I, I Kids need to learn and grow and all those kinds of things. But they need parents. They need adults to help them do that. Um, so, that's my gripe. Yes, Brayden? There was literally on the school grounds... A person sharpening a big axe. <laughs> yeah, like, like seriously. Mm, How did true. that happen? Yeah, we kind of. That was another part where we paused and went, "Wait, what? Uh, Wait, so. they just allow him to sit yeah. on this rock?" All right. So this far into our episode, we get to the thing that we did this show for: the time travel. Hey, we spent stuff. almost as much time before we got to the time travel as the movie did. That's right. Yay. Three quarters of the way in. Um, so, yeah, we, we decided to do this movie because there is a time travel element. So, um, Brayden, what can you tell us about about how the um, the time travel works? What do you remember? Um, is, it a, is it a DeLorean that goes 88 miles an hour? Is it a telephone booth? No. Okay, what is it? Um, it's a watch that Hermione has, and you twist this little thing, and you... Go back in time or something? Okay. It's not, it's not a watch. It's a time turner. Technically. It's, yeah, it's called a time well, turner. It's, time it's, got a, it's got a little uh, hourglass in it. So, so Brayden, it's, is this time travel by science or magic? Magic. This is definitely magic. This is <laughs> Which we haven't done before. We, we've, we've not yeah, done much we with done magical time travel, um, which is just... You know, another way of doing it. Instead of developing the technology to manipulate quantum particles or something, you just go. Poof. That's shrinking, <laughs> Dad. Hey. You said quantum particles. Oh. That's shrinking. Whatever. Whatever. Whatevs. Um, Dad. So, uh, Corbin, you have a note there about some specifics. So we said we turn the dial back. Mm-hmm. Dumbledore says three turns ought to do it, and I didn't understand that. Do you have some? So, I believe pretty sure the book says that one turn is one hour exactly okay so that makes sense because when they, when she went when they went back three turns the bells were still tolling but instead of it being 10 30 they were tolling for 7 30 mm-hmm. i thought that was i thought that was interesting uh that it was like exactly you know half past the hour still also we should point out that there is a limit on how far you go back and maybe later but we should talk there? about retcons but is there talk about that later <laughs> okay um brayden i'm gonna ask you a tricky question according to this movie according to the way things happen in this movie can you change the past um can you go back and change things and make it have a different outcome well 
when Harry and Hermione went back in time, they Harry did save his own life. Right. Which means they which means they technically did change it. But that's what always happened. And well um like I guess so. Okay. I guess you can change the past. So they can definitely do things in the past, right? Yeah, like they can interact. They're not like ghosts or something. Yeah. It's not like um it's not like Scrooge. Yeah. Traveling back in time, but only to observe. They can. They're actually there. They can change things. All right, Trip. What are, What are your thoughts? Can you Can you change the past according to this movie? So I say no. But like, you can't change the past, but you can go in the past and interact. Because like in this, he did the Patronus, but that's what always happened. So even though he went back and did the Patronus, that's what had always happened. Right. Corbin, you said something about the laws of time travel. Did I? You said I that know. phrase. Uh, is is that something in the books? I don't remember. What okay. I was going to say is I'm actually going to agree with Brayden that you can change it. Because okay. there is specific mention from Hermione about the drastic ramifications that can happen when you interact with your past self. But that's interacting with your past self, so... Which they did. Yes, but they didn't. Not directly. When, Not when your past yeah. self interacts with you more, I should say. Okay. Problems have occurred that have literally drove wizards insane. So I do believe you can change the past because hmm. of that point. Okay, so you can change the past. Let they me ask this question. didn't. Brayden, did they change the past? Um, did they? <laughs> Okay, so 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 you mentioned that Harry went back and did the Patronus, but what happened originally? Um, he saw someone create a Patronus, right? Mm-hmm. Just oh, like yeah. they heard the howling, which was Hermione. Hermione howled to distract the the werewolf. The rock but got the first thrown. time. Hermione saw there herself. was somebody howling. Yeah, and, and like Harry got hit in the back of the head by Hermione the Hermione saw That's herself, I mean. which can I point out how dumb that is? Because she's the one <laughs> with the time turner. So if you think it would have made more yourself, sense if Ron had thought he saw her, or Ron had thought he saw himself, or well, he wouldn't have seen himself, or even Harry or something. Yeah, yeah. But her oh, that would have been really seeing cool. Seeing herself, it actually would have made it would it would have actually been cooler if Ron had looked back and thought he saw Hermione, because yeah. then he would have been like, what? what? And like, oh, well, never mind. I'm just whatever. Must be. All right, so <laughs> I'm gonna argue. I'm gonna argue that um, according to what we saw in this movie, in the movie, in the movie, you can't change the past. Yeah. Because whatever, and well, th- this goes back to Lost. Whatever happened, happened. What were you gonna say? Well, um, technically, if Hermione never had stepped on the stick and made the noise. They wouldn't have got up the hill and yeah. left. They caused whatever happened to happen by being there. Yeah, but yeah. it happened originally. Yeah. Yeah, but so that's when, when we watch them go back in time, so so leading up to the time travel bit, there's stuff that starts happening. That so a rock flies really through the window sense. and nobody understands why. And there's then I thought, it, I thought it was interesting. Hermione sees the rock. 
Uh-huh. And, and it's got a very special shape time. on it. And later on, when she sees that same rock, she goes, oh, wait a minute, that was me. And then... Uh, which is how she... Which is the reason she knew Exactly. Yep. Is that what my hair looks like from behind? <laughs> <laughs> so then Harry, uh, you know, is, is finding the Dementors and he thinks he sees his father step out across the lake and create the Patronus. Because and then it turns out... Everyone <clears throat> says he looks like his father, but with his mom's eyes. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Right. So um, so then Harry um, steps out and and does that. So it actually, it was him all along. It was never his dad. So yeah. um, now wow. let me ask you this, because I was, I was working on something else in the show notes while this scene was happening, which uh, I later regretted because I was like, this was the scene. <laughs> this is the sequence <laughs> that we watched this the for. Scene. Okay, but... All right, so they traveled back in time, and then because of that, they were able to save Buckbeak. Mm-hmm. And then they were able to, I don't know, do, do some other things. And then wh- how did they bust out Sirius? They just, she just blew a locket. Like she, she just blasted they rode, the lock. Okay, so they rode Buckbeak why, up there and then got why did, away. Why did they have to travel back in time to, to save Sirius? So they could get so Buckbeak. So they could get Buckbeak. Or else they wouldn't have happened. been able to did go they, up the tower. Did they say that? No. Mm-hmm. He said, He said, if you succeed, you'll save more than one. More than one innocent life. I get that. But was the plan, hey, we need to fly up there to get Sirius out. And the only way we can fly up there is if Buckbeak was still alive? No, the thing is, he was, was ever... getting set on trial at that very moment. So Sirius oh. was dying oh, they bu- they, right That's then. right. That's right. They bust. That's right. 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 They busted him out. Right. Before and then several minutes be- later, well, I yeah. they flew. They, they got back to where they started. Okay. Logic okay. concludes that if they were to do that, they would be busting him out right then as they were going back in time, anyways. Mm-hmm. Or had no, they already had. So they had to go back. Well, yes, yes. But I, what I mean is, what was the inciting? What was the what was the inciting incident for them to go back? And it was the fact that he was on trial at that very moment. Yes. Right. Okay. Okay. I was thinking Except, he was just well, in, he really wasn't because you can't change the past. Or they thought he was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he oh, was yeah, supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, all right. Um. So paradoxes. Did we have some paradoxes? Yes. Information paradoxes. Well. Okay. Actually, hang on. I skipped over something. Did they follow their own rules? Yeah. So yeah. in the movie, Nothing changed. Yes. In. In the book, in the book, did they? In the book, nothing changed, but it is mentioned that things can change. Yeah, I, I feel like that's a cheat, though, because if you warn someone that if you go back and you change things, that it can cause problems, and then and they then go, back go back and, and change and things, but then it turns out they didn't actually change them. That was the way it was always, always was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't but know. technically, they yeah. did. They took certain precautions to not change it. Like, she wouldn't have known to howl unless she heard the howl. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, so paradoxes, yeah, there's nothing but paradoxes in all of this. Uh, mm-hmm. The main one that I pointed out was that Harry knew he could do the Patronus charm because he saw himself do it before. Um, I think it's interesting when... And that totally confused Hermione for some reason. The person that's been doing this for <laughs> like the entire whole... year. Yes, he's been a time traveler for all of 90 minutes. And he and gets he it. Gets and she's it. like, I've been doing this all semester and I'm lost right now. Um, so You're I do think it's interesting when sense. when time travel stories where you have a time traveler who knows what to do because they already saw themselves do it or told themselves to do it in the past. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. that. Um, so there's... Um, uh, you, oh, guys. Corbin. 
Put it on the list right now. We need to do Bill and Ted for a timey wimey. Okay. Oh. oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um, I was going to I was going to bring up that an example of this is the classic time travel movie Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Um, in the movie, they they encounter themselves, and you in the movie you you follow their character you know the characters along as they travel through time. So at a certain point in the movie, um, a future version of themselves shows up and talks to them. So then later on, you have the point where they land and they go talk to themselves in the past. Mm-hmm. So you see it. You see it from both from both angles. And there's there's a line where um, they're like uh, they're like uh, we got to go out there and talk to ourselves. And they're like, well, you know, like how do we know what to say? And they're like, I don't know. Just say what you said last time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like just say what the other you said last time. And so they go out, and the only reason that they say the things they do is because they heard themselves say it the first time. And then there's actually a, a specific bit where he says, "Hey, don't forget such and such." You know, um, I love that. I love it when, um, and again, we've talked about this before. It's an informational ontological paradox where, where did the information ever come from? Mm-hmm. Um, it you know like you but need to do it. What happens if he accidentally forgot something? So it slowly manipulates every time he yeah, gets a little. That, it, it can't though. By yeah, the that's laws not. of time travel, set there, he can't forget something because he has he, to say the same thing. Yeah, every it already time. happened. It already happened. Unless you so, can change the past. Uh, right, right, and 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 yeah. Uh, oh but the boy. fact that they say the same oh, thing man. proves. So, okay, that, so. Total side note, total side note that we probably don't have time for. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, fantastic time travel movie. Goofball. It's about a couple of morons who become time travelers, and it's hilarious. Is it a good time travel, though? Or is it a comedy? It's a, it's a, it's a comedy, but it's got some good time travel oh, stuff. It's got yes. some, it so has some really good, good wibbly-wobbly stuff in it. So it's basically both. Yes. Yeah. This, there, there's a sequel, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. There, where they go, <laughs> the bogus, the excellent adventure is through time. The bogus journey is into the afterlife. Hilarious. And then there is some time travel in it. There is some wibbly wobbly stuff in there that is unbelievable. <laughs> it is so, so good. And I just made a connection to the Matrix that I never thought of before. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. Make a note. <laughs> Corbin, Matrix. write that down. Write uh, Keanu Reeves, Bill and Ted, The Matrix. Okay. Um, oh my gosh. They just announced. Okay, those two movies, the second movie came out, I don't know, 20 years ago, something like that. They just announced Bill and Ted 3 is happening. The same two actors, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be like they've like they've started doing with sequels. It's gonna be Bill and Ted 20 years later. Mm -hmm. It's not gonna be new actors in a reboot. It's gonna be a full-on sequel decades down the road. I am so stoked. Keanu Reeves, Bill and Ted, The Matrix. Keanu All right. K e a n u r e e v e s. I didn't catch that. Oh well. <laughs> Just put K e a. All right. So um, we have um, uh, that. That is there anything pressing? Anything else pressing about the movie, or are we ready to wrap up? I don't want to cut think, you guys off. I think we need to talk about the cursed child. I really do. I've do we want to do that now, or do we want to do a bonus episode? Or I don't do know about the cursed child. Okay. I don't we're know running long, but it. let's do. A and bonus. it's and that's going to be spoilers. So 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 um, make a note of that real quick, and when we're done, we'll we'll run into that. So, 
be on the lookout for a bonus episode. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. All right. Um, listener input section this time. The main thing I wanted to point out was that James Kennison got to meet Jared before we did. That is not fair. <laughs> not fair. James posted a picture of him and Jared, and he said, got to hang out with listener Jared today. Um, and then he tagged me and said, are you jealous, Austin? And I was like, yes. oh, I my gosh. I died a little on the inside yeah. when Dad showed me that picture. And I, I commented and said, okay, a couple of things. One, that is not what I thought Jared looked like. That is, uh-huh. that is not what I envisioned Jared looking like in my first, head. First, I thought he was John. And I was like, that's not John. <laughs> Who is that? That's not um, John. First of all, I don't know why, Jared, but I didn't think you had a beard. And that's the dumbest thing I've ever said. I'll be honest. Why would I think you do or don't have a beard based on the sound of your voice? But that's I didn't think you had a beard. That's the first time I ever was close to accurate on someone's face based on their voice. Really? Yeah. I was way off. Anyways. I was way off too. Um, the other thing, and then I said, uh, and then I said, you know, no fair meeting him before we do. Um, you know, like, he's our co-host, buddy. Back off. And then <laughs> and then I said, well, wait a minute. Thirdly, and most importantly, when are the three of us going to get together for an epic crossover event? So I'm waiting to hear back. I haven't heard back, James. I haven't heard back. James, uh, so should you the say? Next time, know you listen. The next time we're in St. Louis, because here's the problem. They're both in the St. Louis area, and we're not. We're so, not. however, 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 Comma. Mm-hmm. I said... <laughs> <laughs> I I emailed Jared. Jared and I had a little back and forth about it, and I was giving him a hard time. He was giving me a hard time. And I said, um, I also said, when are you, because tra- he travels a lot for work. I said, when are you traveling through Dallas next? When are you going to have a connecting flight in Dallas or something? And I was totally kidding. And he goes, well, it probably wouldn't be until the fall. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. <laughs> So let's um, just make a bunch of mini suits to hold off. For I have no idea. <laughs> so all I'm going to say is if it can happen, we're going to make it happen. Uh-huh. Okay. If he, if that man lands in Ultimate Dallas, crossover. in the, in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex, we are going to find him and we are going to do a podcast. with We him. will we hunt have, you down and catch you like a fish. We have to buy airline t- tickets and go through security just to get to where we can record with him. We're not going to do that because we can't afford it, but I'll um, hunt you down and catch you like a fish. That's right. Okay. So, um, Jared also has, has a segment for us for this week on Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, but we're recording a day early, so we threw off his schedule, and we don't have the finished product from him yet, try as he may. He has a busy weekend, and we're recording early, so what we're going to do is we're going to add that at the end. So hopefully, we didn't step all over his toes, because I don't know what his segment was going to be about. So if it turns out his segment was about the crossover between characters, actors who have played characters in Harry Potter and Doctor Who... We're out of luck. I'll cut it. I was going to say, we'll just cut my segment. (laughs) We'll just drop his in the middle and say, characters, and put him in there. All right, so um, the game plan, guys. We are chugging right along straight to the season finale. And then we have a load of special episodes. So so we've got three podcast episodes left. We've got two episodes and then a two-parter. So three podcast episodes to the finale. Then we're going to have a mini-sode on the on the minisode called Music Music of the Spheres. I forgot an S there. Spheres, it's plural. Uh, then we've got our series recap. So we need to get together our um, our poll so we can get that out there and that kind of stuff. Or did we say we weren't going to do a poll this year, this, this season? I don't remember. We said something. We were going to do something different. I don't know. We were going to try and make yeah. it easier on ourselves. And I don't think we've been keeping the notes that we said we were going to keep. So, oh well. Um, then we have our second Classic Who episode, and that's going to cover Series 1, Story 2. I say Story 2 because I don't remember which episode it is. Dalek. And that's like a 
a six-part episode or and something. Y'all are going to get to hear Jared's first segment he ever sent in. That's right. You're going to hear a, uh, a super special segment from Jared uh, entitled of Defense of the Daleks, which I have listened to, but it was months ago, and this was when we went on our rant uh, about um, how the awful Daleks the Daleks suck. are. So we're going we're gonna to meet the Daleks the way that everyone else uh, met, met them the back in the 60s. The first ever real villain, alien villain. The first villain that we had was the sort of the cavemen, um, uh, but, but they're this not is villains because they're humans. Yeah, this is going to be our racist. first. Our, the first baddie of the week is going to be the Daleks. I didn't realize that until I had gone back myself and watched through. So, uh, so that's where we're headed, and then we'll be um, off into the David Tennant specials. So um, I will keep you guys abreast of how, um, how, what order we're going to go in, and all that kind of stuff, because it does get a little bit wonky where it's not a season within the Doctor Who on Amazon. So we're going to make sure that everybody's on on the right track. Um, so next time, we're going to be on season four, episode 10, Midnight. Corbin goes, it's an episode called Midnight? I said, yes, it's the name of a planet. If I remember correctly, the name of a planet made of diamonds or something like that. Black black diamonds or I don't know, something like that. Okay. Yeah. If you say so. So make sure you catch that one. And uh, Noobs in the Whovian is a production of Master Closet oh, wait, Studios. I, I think we skipped something. What did we skip? Was it a good story? We did. We, we skipped did. over that entirely. Brandon, was it a good story? Yes. Trip. Like a time travel story? Good story. It was a good overall story. Corbin. Yes. I think it was a good story. Brayden, was it a good time travel story? Um. Lightning round, yes or no? Sort of. Okay, trip. I say yes. Corbin. Not the worst. Oh, wow. Backhanded compliment. Oh. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Yes, very, uh, I, I liked it. It was fun. I liked what they did but, with, with, um, with, uh, I say paradise. that because it wasn't based on time travel that much. It was just sort of yeah, yeah. there. So it wasn't the best, but it was okay. Yes, it was a, there was a time travel story within a, better than Meet the Robinsons. Within a big, <laughs> Which was just a mess. But it was hilarious. But we made sense out of it. So. Hey guys, Noobs in the Whovian is a production of Master Closet Studios where it's always smaller on the inside, especially when there's four hosts. Your senior producer is Austin Reason. Our audio engineer is that guy. Hi, I'm Trip Reason. Our production engineer is this other guy. I'm Corbin. And our special guest host is this guy. Hi, my name is Braden. Special thanks to imdb.com for the trivia this week. And don't forget, guys, you can always message us at Facebook or um, facebook.com slash noobsandthehoovian. You can email us at noobsandthehoovian at gmail.com. Um, don't forget about our Patreon. You can support us there for as little as a dollar a month where you will be dubbed Wilf. Uh, at patreon.com slash noobsandthehoovian. Wherever you found us, make sure that you subscribe, leave us a rating, and share us with a friend, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. Until next time, my name is Austin. I'm the Whovian. These are my three sons, Corbin Tripp and Brayden. And, and we're the, the noobs. noobs. And we will see you next time. Peace. Hello, noobs and the Whovian. You thought you could do it. You thought you could have a week without me by doing a timey-wimey episode. But you fell victim to one of the classic blunders... The first of which we all know is never get into a land war in Asia, but only slightly less well-known is never do a timey-wimey episode that's chock-full of British actors, because this is Jared, and I'm here to crash the party. That's right, I've searched through the script, I've scoured the internet, and I have found all of the actors who played in both Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban and in Classic Who. Did I say actors? I mean, actor. There was just one.
I found only one. But I'm not gonna stop there. I'm gonna give you all of the actors who were in Classic Who and any of the Harry Potter movies. So let's jump into it with the main man, the big attraction, none other than Jimmy Gardner. If that name doesn't ring a bell, I'm not surprised, but he was Ernie the Night Bus Driver in Harry Potter, and in Classic Who, he played Chen Chu in the 1964 serial Marco Polo, and also Idmon in the 1978 serial Underworld. We have two ghosts who get honorable mentions because they were in almost all of the Harry Potter movies, uh, John Cleese and Terence Baylor, both playing Nearly Headless Nick, or Sir Nicholas de Mimsy Porpington, if you will, and also the Bloody Baron. In Classic Who, John Cleese had a bit part as an art gallery visitor in the 79 serial City of Death, and Baylor played Yendum in the 66 serial The Return, and Major Barrington in the 69 serial The War Games. John Atterbury played the portrait of Phineas Nigellus Black, and he played a robot in the 68 serial The Mind Robber, and Alien Guard in the 69 serial The War Games. Now, Elizabeth Spriggs also gets an honorable mention because she played the Fat Lady, which had her biggest part in Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. But they replaced her in that movie, and the Fat Lady was played by Dawn French, who had nothing to do with Classic or New Who. But Elizabeth Spriggs played Tabby in the 1987 serial The Paradise Towers. Jim Broadbent played Professor Horace Slughorn, but he also played one of the versions of the Doctor in the Comic Relief serial of Doctor Who from 1999 called The Curse of Fatal Death. Derek Deadman played the innkeeper in Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, and he also played the Suntaran Commander Store in the 1978 serial The Invasion of Time. Julian Glover played the voice of Aragog, and also played Richard the Lionheart in the 1965 serial The Warlords, and Count Scarleone in the 1979 serial City of Death. Jim McManus played Aberforth in the Harry Potter movies, and Ophthalmologist in the 1977 serial The Invisible Enemy. Jeff Rowell played Amos Diggory in Harry Potter, and he played, and he played Planet Gannett in the 1981 serial Frontios. And finally, Christopher Whittingham. He had a big role in both Harry Potter and Doctor Who. He was an unnamed ministry wizard in Harry Potter, and he was an unnamed second crew member in the 1982 serial Earthshock Part 2 in Classic Who. Well, unless you want me to go on for ages about my personal feelings of Harry Potter the books versus Harry Potter the movies, that's all I've got for you today. I would like to thank IMDB this time. We've got a new reference for helping me put all these connections together. And I'd like to thank you all at Noobs and the Whovian for having me on, whether you liked it or not. And I look forward to bringing you more Classic Who connections next time. Can I, can I use one of these shoes? There's a bug right here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for something to kill this thing with. <laughs> oh, should we get that out? <laughs> we're keeping that. Make a, make a timestamp. No, we're keeping that.
<laughs> We're <laughs> keeping that. Keep it's either it's either staying in or it's going in the in the bloopers. That's a um, blooper. <laughs> oh gosh, what was I saying? Uh, <laughs> David Bradley plays Argus Phillips. He also plays the first Doctor. Holy cow! Okay, 